I've been here many times before and I've never been defeated and still I will never be defeated. It's Jay. And this is Chuck. What up, what up, this is Jay, a.k.a. Dr. Zhivago, a.k.a. Omar Sharif. So the PGMOL alphabets came out with a statement, or as Oli tells us, that the goal by Sheffield should not have stood and the goal by United should have stood. Wouldn't it be futuristic, innovative, if there was a video assistant to help the referees with those decisions on game day? Wouldn't that be like a radical idea? I think all you need is help with United. Yeah, I, I look back at that game and I've got nothing to say about the refereeing decisions. United didn't show up. So whether the ref called it right or wrong, ah, I'm serious. But what's the point of VAR if they're coming out with very hard decisions later? I mean, come but, on. But the but for me, it's like, what's the point of Oli telling us what they were robbed? We didn't even show up. Oli wants, wants everyone ah. to know that at, at the end, if United are missing those points to for, from winning the title, y'all know who to blame. Y'all know who to point their fingers at. Y'all know who to whose house to go with, with, with pitchforks and flames. You know who didn't make those mistakes? Who? Howard Webb. United United miss Howard Webb. <laughs> ain't been the same without the bold one. Ain't been the same. What's up, guys? Two up front. We're back. This is Chuck. And that's Jay, I guess. Didn't get my cue, dog. Didn't get my cue. What? It's fine. So we start off with the banter as we are in the studio. Arsenal versus United. And yeah, boohoo. No one's got bragging rights. Uh, it was... Massive like quality, yeah, it happened for me. That's all I can say. That match happened. That match had quality, holding Ooh, at Pichin. David Luiz quality, <laughs> that kind of quality, boy. What you talking about? I wonder if we're talking, if we're putting Luiz and quality in the same sentence. Oh, as it would, no, no truth is coming from Jay's mouth. So Jay, United and Arsenal drew. Question is. Does anyone have a case in terms of feeling like they lost two points in the day? Or was the draw a fair result and they should just take it and be happy with that? The draw is a favorable result for Arsenal in that there were so many players out for Arsenal. And I look at Manchester United who are supposedly title chasing, who would want, their fans would want to believe in a title contender in Manchester United. And you, as a United fan, you look at the team and you, you you look at the team in a game like that and you want to see something. You want to see, not necessarily can they go at the Emirates and dominate Arsenal. I don't think that's very realistic. But you want to see that they are the better team against a team, as I'm saying, who's missing arguably three or four of, 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 of the best players this season. I mean, Gabriel, who won the Arsenal like Player of the Month first two months or first three months running, was out. And Aubameyang also was out. Tierney was out. And Saka was out. And all of these guys are... Ozil was out. And all of these guys are important, <laughs> important players for Arsenal in this season for Arsenal. 
And United made 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 that Arsenal team, which was minus quality players, um, look like their equals on the day. And I really I, I joke about uh, the the form of Holding and Louise in that game, but it's it speaks volumes on both on both sides. It speaks vo- it speaks volumes in terms of how Arsenal may have actually turned the corner now, where David Louise comes out of a game like that as man of the match. And United are unable to break down a defense that is manned by David Luiz and Rob Holding. So I should think, I would think, um, as, 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 as United the team, as United the fans, bitterly disappointed. Arsenal not necessarily happy with the result, but you take that under the circumstances. Um, I feel like um, we're back on the early roller coaster. We're on a high and was good and now we're hitting the lows. The thing that I said about United, I think a couple of weeks back, is that finally we get to see a performance. Like, never mind the results, a performance. But in the last two games, midweek against uh, Sheffield and now against Arsenal, the boys were flat. For whatever reasons, the boys were flat. I mean, take nothing away from Arsenal, but it didn't offer much to begin with. So, I mean, yeah, fine, uh, Luis and Holden get their plaudits, but end of the day, you look at Rashford when he gets the ball, there was like zero threat, regardless of who's marking, there's zero threat. Bruno's not creating. Paul was in the game for like some of it. Um, and those are the guys that you look to 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 give a result for Man United. And if those guys aren't doing anything, I mean, yeah, fine, Cavani should have converted certain chances, but... Uh, he really should have. You know, I mean, yeah, there were two that, yeah, you'd say a guilt age. But other than that, I mean, I look at the whole performance and I'm like I said, I'm back to square one where I'm like, these guys don't look... One, they don't look like they're title contenders in those in those two matches in the past week. Two, they don't look like they want it. I mean, you go for me, it seemed like they were happy with the point. And yeah, fine, respect to Arsenal and the squad they have, or the name that is Arsenal, or them being a, a traditional big six. But that wasn't good enough. And like I said, we're back on that oil roller coaster. Guti. We get results in J. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But I don't know, man. I don't even know if it's players or coach. But yeah. What do they do? What are they supposed to do? Like, um, what are they supposed to do in games? Like that? Because thus far, um, and maybe we can we can discount the result against Tottenham because there was still in the early parts of the season where Oli was 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 telling us that United, having not had a preseason, they were not as 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 prepped for the start of the season as other teams. Although other teams also were in similar situations, but also. In the game against Tottenham, United went down to 10 men very early and it was just shambles um, on the day. So discounting that match. In the other other matches against like traditional um, big, six, big six rivals and teams in and around Manchester United on the table, they've they've not performed well at all. There's, there's a lot of games, if I'm not mistaken, like all the games against the other teams in the traditional big six, they've not scored. They've not won any of mm. these games this entire season. What it what's what's up with that? Like what's that down to? I mean, Arsenal have not fared much better in those games, but Arsenal do have a win against Chelsea and a, and a win against Manchester United themselves mm. in a season where Arsenal have 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 been terrible at times. You know, yeah. so what is what's what's the issue at United? Why can't why can't they come into those games and and come out with a result? Man, I, I'd love to say I've got an answer, but I don't know. Because you look at the match here, United versus City. 
That was a boring game that we all spoke about. There's nothing to take away from that game. Then we go to the cup. That cup is so much more exciting. The game is more open. Uh, City win that game. Look at the Liverpool and United game. Another scoreless affair that was that had nothing in it. We go to the cup. <laughs> All of a sudden, United come alive again, and they show more desire. They show more passion. And in Oli's terms, sorry, in Oli's words, we won on our own terms. We know which we put on our strongest side in terms of um, going forward, and that side was still able to put in the work and, and do the de- defensive duties. But then we play against Arsenal, and it's back down to that performance. So. I, I don't know. It's been a theme with United in terms of motivation. Now I understand. I think finally now I'm on the Roy Keane Motivation for what? How do you show up for games? I mean, you're number one on the league with City down your neck and you don't show up against Sheffield. Fine, you get caught. Now it's time to keep up with the leaders and you drop points again. I mean, what more motivation do you need? You've never been on top for, for the longest time. Like in years, you've never touched top spot. You're there now for like a week or two and you throw it away just like that. For me, I don't know, man. Like, for me, I, like, like my, my thing is, it's not the, I'm sounding like a, a Newcastle fan or a Stoke fan. Not really about the results because those the fans of, of, of those teams, they know which they are bottom-off uh, teams, but they want you to put in the fight. They want you to at least contest. Show, show, show teams what they're in, they're in for like a hard, for a hard, hard night. But with United, sometimes it feels like ah, if you've got the edge on them, you'll beat them. We're beaten by a Sheffield side that that's Sheffield. Like she- you say, Arsenal have turned the corner. Sheffield have not turned the corner. And <laughs> they yet haven't. They beat you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's frustrating, Apor. You know what? Like for me, when I was watching, when I was watching that United performance against Arsenal, I'm, I'm looking at the players on on the pitch, and I've said this uh, before, and I will continue to say this: that United are a team who are like brimming with talent, like all around, and. It's 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 troubling that none of the big players or none of the star players are putting in a, a a big performance. Like when you when you look at when you look at United, you you think into offensively. Like they the big players are Bruno, it's Pogba, it's it's Rashford, and maybe Marshall. Marshall has not had the best season um, this season, and you continue looking to him to actually perform better. And on that note, actually, it's it's it's. It's despicable uh, what what football fans continue to yeah. to say to particularly like the black players, but players in general. Like sure, players are disappointing. Sure, you want more from them. You especially if you are at United and you are you have have ideas of actually maybe climbing that mountaintop and and getting to that top top step finally. And maybe this is a great opportunity because you should think you you think to yourself next season. City, Liverpool might re-up and we might have another tools race. And so the title, the, the title um, race is open this season. But if, if, if those players are not performing to their best for whatever reason, like be mad, you know, mm. and call out their gameplay, but don't go abusing them personally. Set that aside. Back to the game. Those big players, like I'm watching Pogba, and Pogba was was having one of those performances of his where he's just comfortable to knock the ball around, and he receives it where he receives it. It gives a short pass. He's not he's not doing anything that's incisive. He's not doing anything which is which is genius. And we know that the guy has genius in his boots. You know, mm. you look you look at, at at Bruno, and the issue with Bruno is you feel as if 
when things get tighter, he seems to want to pull a little more. And in those moments, you you probably are looking to him to actually involve his teammates a little more, you know, yeah. because if you if, if you pull that much tighter, it's, it's it actually goes in the opposite direction. It doesn't actually work out for you. Mm. And Rashford Rashford decision making, like come on, dude. You know, there's 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 a United fan on Twitter OEC when he's when he's speaking about Rashford is like Rashford is childish and he's <laughs> he's not making mature decisions. And he's not. You know, he's he's getting he continuously gets into into positions where he's supposed to be affecting the game. And then he does something you like there was like probably like three other things you could have done before going with that decision and you went with that decision and you continuously go with these decisions that that are mind-boggling you mm. know and that's why towards the end of the game um whereas you so you you're thinking to yourself oh Arsenal are pushing on they've got all their position and they're there on the counter and you you might want to have uh Marcus Rashford who's probably the the best person to exploit a counter attack in in the United team but Oli pulls him off because the performance up to that point doesn't warrant him staying on the pitch because you mm. don't think he's going to do anything for the rest of the night. And that's the frustrating thing that you've seen it in, in other matches like away from home, United fall behind and that's a spark for them to start playing and they, they come back. But then you have nights like the one they just had at the Emirates where it doesn't look like anything is actually going to get going and that that is troubling like the fact that guys no one is galvanizing the team you you can't look around and be like guys have got an opportunity here like this is this is not the arsenal of tony adams or or patrick Vieira, you know mm. and as i'm saying arsenal's big players were out in that game so you know when you look on the pitch that you've got an opportunity here yeah but then united don't go and take it I mean, Jerry, to piggyback on that point, what frustrates me when I watch United, whenever United drop points, it's never because the other team is playing absolutely much better than them. It's because United are playing within themselves all the time. I mean, I was stating to you before the, 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 the recording, Uti, I get frustrated with Bruno sometimes. Uti, when things are not clicking or when he's not, when he's not on his day, like Bruno will do the Bruno things regardless of the situation, the time of the game, the opponent, Bruno will always go for the ball over the top. Whether there's someone running, he's expecting people to run. So whether it's just, we've just pressed, pressed the ball from the left to the right, Bruno gets the ball, he hoofs it over the, over the defensive line. Sometimes there's no one there, and it's like, Bruno, hold on to the ball, let's think about it a bit. You look at Paul Pogba, and I think maybe, I, I'm asked, maybe I'm trying to defend him, when he's played wide on the left, or maybe up f- further, f- further up, he gets involved. But when he's deep, he, he wants to be responsible with the ball and he does nothing in terms of impacting the game. Rashford, on the other hand, but aside of me mumbling about individual performances, Jay, I think I see the magic of Sir Alex Ferguson. Post Sir Alex Ferguson, you look at David Moyes, and I don't think he quite had the character and the clout to carry the team, number one, right? But when I look at um, o- o Louis van Gaal, Louis van Gaal was a, was a disciplinarian. But you sort of got the thing, if I cross this man, I'm not going to play him again. That's what happened to Di Maria. He got a red card, didn't play. So people were playing within themselves. We were playing the ball side to side, we were, but not doing anything with it. Guys were scared, yeah. Then there's a Mourinho. And you know what we've seen with Ndombele, we've seen it with all the other players. Throughout his tenure, if you cross Mourinho, you don't give Mourinho what Mourinho wants, regardless of how good you are, you don't play. Right? We come to Ole. Ole's a nice guy. I don't think he's lambasting Rashford or Guti. Rashford, you're being pulled off because you did. Fuck all. Is probably patting, his, patting him on the back on some 
next next time that's so what's on you'll get them next time yes and and how do you get them how do you get them then to be galvanized and to go at the next game without being hard on these boys sometimes so for me man i i prefer to get beaten by a better team that way there are no excuses but if 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 you guys for instance now the podcast so far in the, this these 10 15 minutes it's just been about united because Arsenal have a proper excuse which they don't have all their players whereas united do so you, Arsenal are saying to themselves, we could have done better had we done this and that. Had we had this person available, we would have played this way and that way. But United have got no excuses. None whatsoever. Especially after losing against Sheffield. You want them to pull up their socks and do better. What do they do? They give you the exact same performance. So, I'm asked. On the Arsenal front, I, I honestly do think that result is, 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 is good for the team. Because if, if that Arsenal team, as I'm saying, walk off that pitch... And they feel as if they were the equals of Manchester United who, who've been flying high this season. Mm. And maybe even at times feel that they were superior in that match and they could have actually gone on to win that match. Because in the second half, Arsenal came on strongly. Um, they, were, they were on the front foot. Uh, even actually had the, one of the, maybe not the best chance, um, but one of the better chances to, to win that game with the Lacazette free kick. If, if it dips under, un, un, under the bar, you don't quite see United coming back from that. On the display that they showed us um, on on the night, you know, and as I'm saying, if Arsenal if Arsenal come away from that match, at the equals of Manchester United, having not conceded against um, the firepower that is contained within the Manchester United team, having as I'm saying, having started a a back four of Bellerin, who I don't think is going to be the the right back for Arsenal like in the next five years, next two years even, you know. Mm. And Cedric is playing out of position at left back. You've got Rob Holding and you've got like David Luiz who are manning the centre-back positions. I don't think if you come back two years from now, you look at the Arsenal back four, I don't think any of those players might actually be in those positions. Mm. But then if you Arsenal, you look at that and you're like, okay, um, with, with, with putting out that team and holding this Manchester United team and as I'm saying coming back off of uh, a run of prior to that game uh, winning five of the last six games and not losing the other one drawing against Crystal Palace for that matter mm. it's, 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 it's a good moment um, in, the, in the Arsenal dressing room but they also then can't take can't just like rest on their laurels after this uh, result they go to Wolves next they have to win against the Wolves who are struggling and have to actually make a push for the top four which it's there. It's there. Yeah, the, the fixtures don't get easier because United go to Southampton as well. So, I mean, with the Premier League, you got to keep at it wire wire because if you slip up, I mean, as, as you've seen with a lot of teams, a couple of weeks later, you're out of it. It's very so, true. Yeah. Um, so the question was asked to Messi and all these stars and Neymar, can you do it on a Monday night <laughs> in the rain at Stoke? At Stoke. We are doing it in the rain in our... On a minor night in Tembisa. There we go. So um, bear with us with the sound, guys, if it comes through. But yeah, we're working with what we got. Well, since we have these English conditions, shall we say, and while on one other topic of Arsenal might actually make a run for the top four. In the top four, we have some teams who are mix- missing some big hitters. Uh, we've got uh, Vardy's absent for Leicester. Mm-hmm. We've got Kane, who's also out. Um, he did both his ankles for, for Spurs. And then you've got uh, Kevin De Bruyne, the, 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 the captain at the moment, uh, with Fernandinho not playing that many games of Manchester City and the obvious best player also with Aguero out. Who, who of these three 
like of these three star players um is is the one who his team is missing the most and is going to miss the most you think um initially when you ask the question i'm thinking vardy 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 i'm looking at the game on the weekend had vardy been playing i think Leeds would have an extra threat to worry about but with iose perez harvey barnes and madison it was different but when i look at the two-man team and one of the duo is out it has to be spurs I mean, Son looks a different player without Harry Kane next to him. Um, not because he looks bad, but there's no one to, 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 to play off. There's no one to read his mind into what he's going to do next, which one he's going to make, how to receive the ball, which pass to make. And so I think with, with, with Harry Kane out, not only is it goals, but it's creative, it's, creat- it's creativity like in the middle of the park because Ndombele will chip in with a shift and Ndombele is... is played well um, over the past couple of weeks but their main threat in terms of numbers online with assists it's been Harry Kane for, 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 for Tottenham and as we've seen Mourinho would score the goal and sit back and so without the goal that would allow them to sit back they have to consistently go ahead and try get the winner I mean they considered late against um, sorry they considered early against Brighton and were never able to come back into the game I think that's because Harry Kane is out so for me when I look at those three and considering Muti um uh, Manchester City won again against Sheffield. I think that's that's the one where you can see a direct influence on the impact of, of that particular player being out. So I see Harry Kane. <sighs> Piggybacking off of that, um it's hard to argue against like Harry Kane. And you know, this particular season, the worst thing that could have happened to Tottenham Hotspur is for Harry Kane to develop into this forward come creative midfielder that he's become because he's he's been an important player for Spurs um over the years mm-hmm. but having added the 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 role of like chief creator in that team that's two players almost you could say who are yeah. out with, with with Harry Kane being out although I look at that and I think to myself that Harry Kane has had injury problems over the years I, I think if you go into uh into a season as Tottenham while you have Harry Kane in your team. I think it's naive to plan that he's going to be there for the entirety of the season. Of course, you can't, you can't necessarily um, forecast uh, time without him, but I think you should think about it at least. You mm-hmm. know, And if you're looking at the team and you know that this guy, at some point, he's going to miss some games, what then is our response? I think it's poor for Mourinho. The fact that um, the fact that Son looked as, as, as putrid as he did without Harry Kane because... Son has not suddenly become a, a guy who's entirely dependent on, 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 on Kate. Rather, let me yeah. put it this way. He should, not, he, he should not be a guy who's suddenly become that. It looks as if he has, you know. Mm. Whereas in seasons past, when, when, when Kane's been out, like uh, Son has been playing actually as a striker. He's been scoring goals and he's been doing well. He's actually at times looked better without Kane. Or rather, he, you could see the talent of, of, of Son in the absence of Kane. Okay, this guy this guy is a, big, is, is, is a big player and he can carry Tottenham in the absence of Harry Kane. And also the fact that Tottenham, it, it, might, it might not feel like that because of how they've looked like this season. And again, I actually put that at the, at the, at the feet of Mourinho in terms of he's got players like Vinicius, he's got players like Bale, he's got players like um, Jetson Fernandes, guys who came... With big reputations, you know, yeah. or with big expectations that okay, they're going to contribute for this Tottenham team. This Tottenham team is going to be dangerous because they're deep. 
but they've they've not played much this season. Dele Ali as well is is a, is another one who's not played much in this team. So now you have you you've created a situation where you're so dependent on Harry Kane being there that when he's out, you can't even like reconfigure your team mm. in such a way where you minimize his absence. You know. And having said that, though, having said all of that, I actually think it's it's Vardy. And the reason I think it's Vardy is it's for, 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 for reasons I've stated before. I'd like to say, I'd like to say on the podcast, I might not have said this on the podcast, but I really don't like Leicester City. I don't like Leicester City because I don't like how they set up. I don't like how they set up to win games off of scraps. Like I don't, I don't like I, Leicester I hate, City. I hate, I hate the <laughs> fact. I, I I really, Chuck. Like it frustrates me when I watch Leicester City and they're not creating all that many chances. I I, I came on this podcast in the in the game after when they played um, Tottenham when when they had uh, what were the goals like? The, the, there was a deflected goal, and I think there was a I think there may have been a penalty as well. And I'm looking at that game. It's like these guys are not creating much. And if it's not Vardy who's scoring, it's Madison who's scoring. And if Madison is scoring, he's he's scoring like scorches. And I'm like, that's 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 not realistic. Like these guys keep going into matches and coming out with victories. And I having watched the performances, I'm like, I don't think they were that much better to have actually won all those games or to have the kind of um, points tally that they do at the moment. Don't get me wrong, Leicester are a good team and they're well marshaled and they were quality all over the pitch. I just have an issue with how eventually they get the results that they get. I mean, in the game against Sheffield, for example, they were held by Sheffield for the entirety of the game. And then Vardy gets loose towards the end of the game and the Sheffield defender doesn't pull him down. And I'm like, what are you doing? Get the red card, get the point and walk away from, from this match with the point. But then Vardy does actually get off and he does what he does. And I think that's, that, that's why then I say it's Vardy because in the absence of him, their their ability to actually convert chances into goals and goals into results is is severely minimized. Hmm. In 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 like Perez was the one who started up front um in this particular game and Perez is not an out and out striker. Mm-hmm. And the reason that they start Perez in, in, in that position is because Inacho when he's come in for Vardy, dreadful. he's he's dreadful. You know, he does he does not give you what Vardy gives you. So the the thing is um, whereas with Tottenham, I feel as if someone like Bale, if he, if, if the coach had done enough with him on the training pitch, although that's very much more on Bale than it is on the coach, if if Mourinho had gotten more out of the group of players that he has, he should be able to to do without Kane for a period of time. I don't think I don't think Leicester have anyone anyone anywhere in their team who can approximate what Vardy actually gives to them. So that's why I think it's Vardy by a hair. Over Kane. Good point, but yeah, when you look at the the way Mourinho has set up his team, like for instance, coming into the season, I was thinking to myself, Oguti, Loselso is going to be the spark. He's going to be that perfect number ten for Tottenham. Loselso is barely even playing. Nombello found his way back into the team. Fine. They signed Bale, and we're thinking Bale, Son, and Kane. What a terrifying front three. But I got Bergwijn playing every week because Bale's not up to up to up to task. When the dynamic duo that's, that set the league alight and you get one of them going down, for me that affects them a lot because we are seeing how limited Mourinho's squad is regardless of the depth. I don't think Mourinho can move around those pieces and make Tottenham work without Kane in there. And I think that's why Ufostile, because if, 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 if with what you're saying, with, with, with Harry Kane's injury record, when he goes down clutching his right ankle, pull him off. 
Toilet him play on again and then injure his left ankle. Nas <laughs> Why take the risk? That's how much it depends on him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. play on, get us a goal, and we'll come back, and then if you get two goals, then I'll pull you off. But for me, maybe I am swinging, swinging to, 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 your, to your side because if you take away, Vardy was thinking Premier League's top scorer of the season last season, take away Vardy's goals, uh, Leicester mid table. I don't quite have the same feeling because we've seen time and time again Son filling for, 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 for Kane, as you've said. So, Traditionally, I'd say Vardy, but in this campaign, Jay, I want to say it's Harry Kane. In this particular campaign, I hear you, and 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 as I as I said, because because Kane has added so much to his game, and mm. it's so important. It's so important uh, what he gives to the team. He, he gives them goals, but then when he's not the one who's scoring the goals, he's the one providing the the assists to those goals. But I can't I, I can't help but think over the next couple of weeks. We are we're gonna see both of these sides um suffer. Uh we're gonna see both of these sides drop more points than they have uh up to this point in the season. But uh, without 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 the goal scoring threat um that Vardy gives you. Because with Tottenham I have some hope because of what we've seen before. Like Mourinho just needs to go and pull the tape, you know, on how Tottenham have lo- looked before when, when, when Kane has gone down. He can just like watch that and like uh, cut and paste, uh, put put puts on further further up top, and let him be your main goal threat. And I think I think Son can give you more what Kane gives you than anyone at, at Leicester can give you what Vardy gives you. And the other thing with Tottenham, Tottenham made it made it to the final of a Champions League campaign with Harry Kane barely playing in in the tournament. You know. But so yeah, the biggest thing is I was Pochettino coaching, who I think that's is more my, flexible. That's that's my point. The yeah. team hasn't changed much. If anything, the changes that have happened with Tottenham is that they've they've added reinforcements. So with those reinforcements, and then as I'm saying, with that blueprint of how to play, because Mourinho, it, it, it's not that Mourinho now is the coach. Suddenly, they can't go back to a mold of someone else. Literally, if you watch the tape, and Mourinho is a smart is a smart football guy, like you can just implement everything that that other guy was doing in the absence in the in in the interim. While Hurricane is out, you know, and having seen them go that far in the biggest competition in the world, I am looking at the Tottenham team. It's like you should be able to cope as well. You have actually had so much experience playing without Hurricane. Whereas on the other side, with 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 with, with Jamie Vardy being out, as I'm saying, there's literally, literally, no one in the team who can step into the role and not necessarily give you everything that Vardy gives you because you can't just like replicate that, but. Get close to it, you know, approximate mm. it. Like, there's literally no one. If they have to depend on, on Madison, like, shooting from outside of the box and, like, hitting screamers every single week, they're not going to do much. Instead, they're going to lose 3-1 against uh, against the Leeds United team. Fair point. Um, Spurs play Chelsea next, um, then West Brom, and then it's City. So, we'll see how that goes. I don't know if I'm looking forward to that Spurs um, Chelsea match because Chelsea are going to have like 80% of the ball possession, and then on in, in the <laughs> few moments much. that uh, Tottenham have it, they're not going to do much either. So uh, maybe, it should be maybe interesting. Maybe Chelsea will get a defender to score because those defenders are on fire this season. I mean, look, Jay. For me, if I were to give Marino free advice, if you're looking to chase a game, pull Sissoko off, put on Lamela or Celso. Deli Ali, someone. Sissoko offers nothing going forward. Mourinho has like negative bones in his body. He can't. He, he can't help. He can't help himself. Like he cannot. He cannot. 
at any moment in the game just have like out like and after out 30 minutes Jay, and you're trailing make make a positive substitution try change win the game there and then the first half be bold but i maybe that's just us because we're too upfront so we we don't think much of kevin de Bruyne's absence i suppose oh yeah because <laughs> I, I wanted to say that but when 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 gundogan did what he did against um who were they playing when he scored the brace from was brom and then you've got Bernardo Silva still there. They still, they've just got too many names who are so talented that we figure they'll find a way. They you know play much better with him. It's but the fact. It's the way. fact that they they go into the game against Sheffield without Sterling. Mm. They go in in into the game still um, without Aguero and De Bruyne is out. And Pep elects to sit uh, Cancelo and to sit Stones. In if you've got like the best defense in the league, you think to yourself, oh, could like. Consistency, you know, keep them together because they are keeping uh, teams out. But he's so confident in the system that is actually providing those those clean sheets that he can make those changes. So if you make those those kind of wholesale changes, and I mean Sheffield, as much as um, they beat United, they're not like suddenly like the special team, you know. Yeah. But they are they are a, a tough team to to play against, as we've seen on some occasion. So yeah, they don't necessarily miss the brain all that much. Also, particularly because like they had the Brenner all of last season, the Brenner then wins Player of the Season, and they end up almost twenty points behind the champions. So, yeah, there's that. I just hope we're wrong because yeah, we blew our lead. <laughs> so uh, we go into the so it's a derby, Jay. Um, yeah, <laughs> what a game! What a game it was. It was actually the best game to see to watch all weekend. Uh, maybe not for the right reasons, but it was the best game to watch the whole weekend. It was weekend. amazing. Um, so, Jay, Angaz, do you, do you feel Chiefs were unlucky? Because we, we both analyzed that game, um, watching it together. With the first half, Chiefs were dominant. And we can see likewise the second half, but had nothing to show for it except for the Cardoso goal. And Pires took their chances. Were Chiefs unlucky to lose in the end? <laughs> or was Pirates lucky to win the game? You know... <laughs> Strangely, like pirates were a little fortunate. Um, if you look at you, you look at the launch goal and just the ping of the keeper and the ping off of him, and then he suddenly finds himself with an empty net in front of him, converts. That's 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 lucky, you know. Yeah. But having said that, <laughs> it's very easy to say that that Chiefs were unlucky. Chiefs had nineteen shots, nineteen shots. <laughs> In that game, and 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 when I've when I've looked at the underlying stats with Chiefs, they've actually in in, in a majority of these of their games they've had double digit shots, but they aren't scoring, you know. Yep. So if I if I look at that history, and that history then is something that repeats itself in this particular game. It's not that they're unlucky; they're just not good. They're just not good enough. <laughs> that's that's what it comes down to. That's blunt, yeah. Because and this is <laughs> this is exemplified in the two chances guilt edge chances Manyama Manyama just needs he literally just needs to steer the ball into the back of the net and it goes wide and then you have you have you have you have Nurkovic who doesn't take penalties at Kaiser Chiefs uh, Cardoso is the one who usually is the one who steps up um, to take penalties mm-hmm. uh, Nurkovic is wearing the captain's armband and I suppose he pulls rank and he feels that he should be the one taking penalties he takes a penalty and he doesn't convert mm-hmm. and then there comes um, what's his name now? I'm thinking while you're talking. I'm like, I don't have that guy's name in my mind. 
Um, sad mashia nangit. It's um. Ngezan. Ngezan. Then 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 comes ngezan. Um, to to, to follow up. Ah. You literally you literally have the entire goal on your on 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 your left. You have the entire goal. You just again just directed towards the goal. If if you are missing, if it's a horrible miss, like make the keeper make a save, and we're still gonna be scratching our heads. How did you not score? But the fact that he missed it, and he missed it wide. On the side where the ball was not supposed to end up at all, you look at that. It's like these guys are not good. <laughs> like you guys are top professionals, and you've got oh the closest thing to an empty net without it being entirely an empty net. And just you just need to hit the target, and the technique is off. And 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 I look at that. I'm like, what are you thinking in that moment when you when you when you go up to that to the, to that ball and you struck it the way that you struck it? What was going through your mind? What were you trying to do? So were they unlucky? No, they were just not good enough. <laughs> uh, honest and damning assessment by Jay, but uh, I have to agree. I mean, we were both scratching our heads. What the hell is going on there? I it's mean, crazy. with the Manyama miss, like with the the Ngezana miss, guys, as is traditionally said, <laughs> guys, That's all you need to do. Manyama. It's toe punting. Come on, bones. What's your bones? Like, <laughs> my guy. My g- <sighs> man. I mean, for instance, I remember when we were playing football, once it gets a bit serious, like school level, club level, once we shine bones, the coach tells you, we're not going to do this here. What are you doing? Yeah. Use your laces or your instep. We're not going to do bones here. Even for he plays kick or a clearance, nobody's doing bones in professional football. Unless nah, you're on Dino and you put on the top net and you intend it to be that. Not a panic bones. Running off. See, the one was the most amazing one because no one is chasing. There's no pressure. Him. There's no pressure. He's the one running to the ball. He makes it to the ball with no one behind him, no one in front of him. And he beats Nurkovic to the ball, which means he's committing himself mm-hmm. to taking the shot. And then he opens up his leg, his foot, sorry, to shoot. For what, Angaz? When the angle is clearly on the other side of his body. But, I, Angaz, Jay. Besides all of that, Jay. Double-digit shots, and I think only four or five one target. It yeah. just shows what he, Never mind these chances that we're talking about. It's woeful. A conversion rate. Never mind two goals. Four, but four shots on target. And it's, and, and, and it's not target. six shots on target because because of the two chances <laughs> we just mentioned. Yeah, so if at least 50% of those shots are on target. Yeah, because, I mean, all we're asking from these two guys is make the keeper work at the very least. At the very least. But uh, here we are saying with the Chiefs... Chiefs were their own worst enemy, so if you are that kind of team, you're not unlucky. They really were. Uh, the other reason I would not, I would, I would not say that Chiefs were unlucky is two other things. One, they were playing a high line the entire game. Before, before the launch, before the launch goal, we saw three or four instances of the same kind of set play where pirates pirates are looking to to beat the offside trap mm-hmm. on 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 the channel between the right back and and the right center back and about as i'm saying about three or four times they're called offside you know mm-hmm. so when you when you when you see that you you it kind of clicks to you okay okay these guys this is what they're trying to do this is this is an a clear and obvious tactic that they they're, they're trying to implement to, to beat us here mm-hmm. and they do not drop deeper they do not they, 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 they do not come any closer together and, and like make it narrower and maybe try have them beat you on the outside you know they're still stretched out in the defense and they're still high and 
Guess how the goal comes? The exact same way they've been trying to score the goal the entirety of the first half. So, I, I mean, I, I can't look at that and say, oh man, they were unlucky that he beat the offside trap and he had like the whole of South Africa to run into behind their defense. Yeah. What the hell? And the other thing is the fact that Blomp got away with a clear penalty for me. Blomp yeah. puts his one hand on the shoulder of Bule and he puts his other hand on his waist and he asks him, can I have this dance? And Bule's like, no, I'm going to fall to the ground. Like, what are you doing? Because what the hell is he doing leaning and holding a player in, in those two positions? And Bule was at fault for not, like, in his in, in his own regard, like, why why is he not shooting? Why is he dilly-dallying? Oh, Fine. Gosh, yeah. So he, he did that and that's on him. But then Blom pulls him to the ground and the referee, who wanted to come out from that match as the star of that match, Decides that it's not a penalty. I mean, he's 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 got a clear view on that incident, and he doesn't blow the whistle. And Chiefs are lucky in that in in that in that instance that um, it's not a penalty, and they don't fall further behind. So, no, Chiefs were not unlucky. Yeah, I mean, if you can't trust the, the, them being bad beh- uh, thing in front of goal, Lodge was lucky, we said. But when he was presented the chance of shooting when the goal was open, he scored. Lovu, same thing. Goal was open. He scored. Ref trying to steal the spotlight proved to be the quickest man in an officiating shirt. Those three fire yellow cards, we don't even know what was said in that in, ref pulling in a, a second. No print for you get a yellow, you get a yellow, you get a yellow. I mean, I, I see this officially that was ridiculous, as man. Chuck on the podcast. Whenever you see that guy officiating a match, I am not a fan of that referee, regardless of the result. So, but here's a question, Jay. Um, Parati Winile. Um, and except for like last season and a few other fixtures, third W in a row. Yeah, third doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it was M ten eight double plus this one. And if you go back like a, a little while while back, we had like good five six years being unbeaten versus Kaiser Chiefs. But the question here, the real question, Jay, is what is it good for beating Chiefs these days? Like Stolan, besides bragging rights, Then what? It really is just bragging rights, eh? Because this is the biggest game in South African football and it's it's troubling that the biggest game in South African football does not have much on the line. You know, we, we were comparing like other derbies around the world. If you look at a classical over the last 15 years, maybe even actually, uh, since its, its reputation has gone even further high, like further, further up, you look at a Manchester United, Manchester City being 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 the better team than Manchester United and there's 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 something to play for there's a lot on the line you know there's mm. there's a sense that there is a shift in momentum or there is a shift in 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 in, in terms of who is who's the dominant team who's who's the superpower of this era or who's going to go down as, as 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 the team of a particular era but then with the so it's a derby as you say like pirates won but then pirates are what eight points behind top of the table and pirates are the are, are the better team like mm. uh, in uh, between the two teams and also this season even if chiefs win chiefs chiefs are winning to do what going into the top eight positions and so you've beaten pirates so you've beaten chiefs um and and what what has happened what we saw in the mtn8 that's what you want to see you yeah. know you want to see you want to see marbles all the marbles on the line like, okay pirates beat chiefs they eliminate them not only have they eliminated them but then they go on to win uh the title you know it's like okay you see you see what people are playing for but 
in the main uh, when especially prior to that to that MTN 8 um triumph by uh, Orlando Pirates there was what a collective of 11 years between the two teams having not won anything so with with those derby matches which in what in 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 5 6 seasons you're looking at between 10 and 15 games which amounted to not much unless it's the Colin Black label cup pale pale because beating chiefs or losing to chiefs means nothing for honest in this day and age so it's bragging rights and that's it but i mean to be honest um i don't think beating chiefs brings that much joy to be honest ah it's very but and then throw and then i've forgotten about the chiefs win because of drop points again and that's that's been pirates motto the whole uh, for the last five years beat chiefs then drop points beat chiefs and drop points so for me, it's not that big a deal anymore, especially because we've been whipping the ass. You know, as a Sundance fan, like I look, I look at the derby and whatever the outcome. I, I like I look at the derby and I think to myself, okay, kids, have your fun. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true because we failed to beat Sundowns. You know what I mean? The team that matches right now, because now we're like what five, six, eight points behind. I know it's a lot. So if we actually beat Sundowns and then we win the derby, then that matters. But we failed to do the stuff that matters. So. Yeah. All right, uh, before we sign off, <laughs> so news trickled in that Leo Messi, Leo Messi, his contract <laughs> at Barcelona Messi, in the Messi, last four Messi. years, by the time June comes around and it expires, would have paid him half a billion euros, uh, 10 billion rand. Three, it's, it's, and I, I haven't verified this, but so it's like it's 300,000 rand an hour. That he's getting at Barcelona oh, for the past four years. The the numbers are mind boggling, and it, I, and mm. and and the thing is, one of the more funnier things uh, for me with 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 these news is when Forbes reported the highest earners in sport. They had Roger Federer number one, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo number two, and Messi number three. Turns out that with his contract at Barcelona alone, Messi actually earns sixty million more dollars than what Forbes reported. I'm just like was this hidden and 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 the other thing uh, the last that i'll put out there is that in total um barcelona have 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 dedicated between 14 and 16 percent of the entire revenue to this one man um what do you make of these news <laughs> like you asked me last this week. money you asked is me last week, <laughs> would you, who who <laughs> If one player were to leave the world of sports and make it a play, better place, who would that be? That's amazing. Barca would not be in the hole right now if we were going to miss. But how much of a These guys still have to pay off Iskol Coutinho. I'm going to get Iskol Saka Dembele. They are players that they are owning. I'm going to pay them 100 million. And, yeah, yeah. and, and, and on a player who's like 34 now or something. He turns 34 this year, yes. Ah, <laughs> I mean, yes, Messi is still amazing. <laughs> It's still mesmerizing. It's still you could you, you can make a, a, a case which is the best still na manja, but I my lingala You know I'm shocked that that guy earns over 150 million dollars um a year. Oh. Like I'm I'm <laughs> I'm shocked because that they don't want to let him go. Because do you know you know do you know the situation? You know David De Gea is uh, the highest paid uh, player in United, and I think maybe in the league as well. Maybe in the league, David De Gea earns like 28 million dollars a year at united 167 million dollars <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's mind-boggling messi is making like what five and a half times more 
than what you already think is like a a ridiculous number that David De Gea sponsorships just, just from his contract money. at at Barcelona. Yeah. And you know what? Um it 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 can be justified on some level because uh, the estimate is that Messi makes makes Barcelona 300 about 300 million euros uh, a year. So twice as much as 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 he earns. I read that though and I thought to myself, well, if Does, is every player can every player go into the boardroom and say well whatever it is that I make for the club I want like 50% of it because that's that's a that's a lot you know um Messi has earned the right to demand whatever it is that he he wants from Barcelona we posted this on Twitter actually mm-hmm. and then a Barcelona fan um and I would say rightly so comes in and says well this is not this is not why Barcelona are a broke you know the reason that Barcelona have financial troubles is because of management and our, and and our response to that particular thing is like you are correct but bad management <laughs> gives out bad contracts and 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 certainly it might not be the reason but certainly paying him all that much is not helping the financial situation at Barcelona i i am certain Barcelona as much as much as whatever the interim president has said I'm certain Barcelona cannot wait for Lionel Messi <laughs> to be off of their books and out of the, and the club question is, because that guy sh- runs stuff there man Should Messi move do you think people are, are matching his paycheck No ways I yes to get a salary no cut Manangara. And the thing is you know what you know with Messi yeah. right I actually think because I honestly think like we've we've we've, we've noted over the past six months or so that the relationship between him and Barcelona has completely fallen like fallen apart you know mm. there's like obvious cracks there and i i think messi feels like he doesn't owe Barcelona anything and he was never he wasn't he was reluctant to take a, a pay cut you know they've all mm. taken pay cuts eventually and he was not going to whatever it is that he's going to earn at another club i'm pretty sure he'll negotiate what is a more reasonable fee he will not negotiate that same fee with Barcelona because he wants to stick it to Barcelona and i don't think he necessarily wants like Barcelona the club to crumble and to 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 just like go bankrupt and they can't run the club anymore but Barcelona will survive they'll they'll come back from this pandemic as well every other big club but i also really don't think that he wants to do Barca any favors at the moment and that is going to be exemplified by the fact that wherever he goes he's going to take whatever it is that is their best contract offer Mind you, if he goes to PSG or he goes to Manchester City, those guys will make a way to give him kickbacks via some other channels that do not show up in the books. <laughs> oh, like they do with the Champions League signings. Mm, like they do yeah. with yeah, all the companies that sponsor the 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 teams who are affiliated with them. Like and we know to FIFA fair oh. play does not necessarily apply. Question, Jay, now that we've seen all of this in hindsight, what's about to me such a bad president for saying with you, you're not going for free? After all that money we put pumped yes, into you. Yes, he was because he's a liar. He's a liar. You need to but be. So that, so if like, you if you if you look another man in the eye, Chuck, and you and you and, and you make him a promise, you keep your word. Because if you don't, yeah, but if that man if that man has like keys to your house, <laughs> you better make sure that guy stays so you can Chuck, get into Chuck, the house. Messi is a billionaire. Like he doesn't need no Bartomeu at the, at this point. But to Mayo, on the other hand, Mena, needed Messi. Mena, I, I applaud that guy for making sure that Messi stays. Because you're a Messi hater. No, by hook or crook. I knew him being Malingaga. After giving you so much but money, then that's the walk thing. away. But that's the thing. He had the opportunity to actually... Actually, yes. This is why is even more terrible. Because you could have taken Messi's salary off of the books under these tough financial uh, times. But you decided to keep to keep him because why? You wanted you wanted to send a message to him 
No, Jay, you wanted to come because we are with Ikronizo and Jula. And when we get back into normal football fans, t shirt sales, and all these commercial and image rights, Barcelona make money again. You want to you wanna tell me that if Barcelona were not, were not, were not on, on, on the hook to pay $167 million or $138 million, pounds, however you want to you, you wanna put it, if they were not on the hook to pay that money, that could not that wealth could not have been spread amongst if not the players the rest of the staff at Barcelona everyone could have been taken care of if you, if you eliminate the messy money like from from coming out of like Barca like accounts everyone is taken care of but yeah. Bartomeu decided not to do that so not only did he did he screw Messi over he screwed the club over and but that's you, why he doesn't have a job at Barcelona's president and as we last, speak and the last couple of years Barca have been climbing the charts in terms of revenue made each and every season because of yes. Messi. If Messi leaves, who's going to watch Griezmann past Dembele? We're not. They're watching because Messi is in that team. I, 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 I kid you not. They're going to lose 20% of interest on social media and marketing and shares and whatnot when Messi leaves. So that guy's making sure. After we've given you 100-odd million, Salabab. So the man has earned that money. That is what we can conclude and say. No. He has earned that money. Yeah, maybe he has, but I'm going to well done, Bartomeu. Because you both are your shoe. It's not honest. It's not, it's not what honest people do, but... Mm, they, 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 what other Bartomeu do you know, Chuck? And what do you know about that guy? <laughs> he was a blind beggar. Ah, he was a blind ah, beggar yeah. who needed the good Lord to open his eyes. That's all I'm saying. I will end on that note. <laughs> Guys, this is Two Up Front. Um, catch us on Iono, on Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts. This is Chuck. I'm out. This is Jay. We outie.